tuning in right now for your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host, every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from all across the South and Central Texas markets, Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in San Antonio. We're very thankful you've decided to spend your time joining us in getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Uh, with me, of course, is my wonderful co-host, Alexandra Kubabatu, a.k.a. Alex K. Hey, folks. <laughs> I just love saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely love saying that. Uh, and together we bring you wonderful discussions highlighting various events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio. So before we begin, and as we should do in all things, let us start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Saint Joseph, whose protection is so great, so strong, so prompt before the throne of God, I place in thee all my interests and desires. O Saint Joseph, do assist me by thy powerful intercession and obtain for me all spiritual blessings through thy foster son, Jesus Christ our Lord, so that having engaged here below thy heavenly power, I may offer thee my thanksgiving and homage to the most loving of fathers. O Saint Joseph, I never weary contemplating thee and Jesus asleep in thine arms. I dare not approach while he reposes near thy heart. Press him in my name and kiss his fine head for me and ask him to return the kiss when I draw my dying breath. Amen. St. Joseph, protector of the Holy Church. Pray for us. Our Lady of, of Guadalupe. Pray for us. All you holy angels and saints. Pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of, of the, the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow, Alexandra, Amen. I am so excited about uh, today's show, of course. Um, and we've got a big show for you folks. Uh, of course, with Veterans Day coming up, um, in just a couple of days, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's on whenever the 11th is, um, it's going to be, you know, a, a day, of course, that we honor and celebrate those who have served past and present. Uh, it's a special day for me. I'm a veteran myself. So we're going to have, of course, special guest uh, here with us uh, to highlight uh, the Catholic faith in the military uh, service. First, I also want to thank and send a big thank you to all our sponsors of the GRN South and Central Texas uh, listening area. It's because of your generosity and the generosity of our listeners that we can continue to proclaim the holy name of Jesus and the teaching of his church throughout the GRN. I also mm-hmm. want to send a thank you to two very special people and friends of ours, Miss um, Pat and Mr. Dave. Um, if you're listening, thank you to the both of you. Of course, your uh, their recent gift to the GRN is going to allow us to complete some projects that I've been hoping to complete for a little while now. So thank you again so very much. Um, and let's let me let's get caught up yeah. on things that happened this weekend, Alex. What do you say? Yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. So this weekend, I had the distinct pleasure of attending the Natural Womanhood uh, dinner with Ed, um, Eduardo Verastegui, who was <laughs> keynote speaker. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, of course, we had Natural Womanhood um, on a couple weeks back with Jackie Aguilar, Silvia Cotto. Mm-hmm. And I do say, uh, it, well, I, I got to be quite honest. There was a very distinct resemblance between him and I. <laughs> I tell you, did you have to give out autographs too, Sean? Uh, maybe once or twice. Okay, yeah, maybe right. once not, or not twice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I was very <laughs> impressed, uh, and you know, with his with his talk, 
I really have never known about the guy, uh-huh, okay? Yeah. So when he was given his keynote, he really was sharing a, a piece of his testimony. Mm-hmm. And mind you, he's a very successful actor, producer, um, and he started his career in Mexico. And of course, he found that success also here in the United States. But he, at a time uh, when he was basically on top of the world, yes. uh, he was basically in a conversation. I think he mentioned like a some type of coach or some type of you know person that you know he would meet with. And this person, through their talks and through the questions that she would ask him, basically convicted him. You know, mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. in a manner meaning that there were some questions uh, that he would Challenged have to. Him. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And it happens with all of us. You mm-hmm. know. So it was really interesting to to hear his story. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on too. Uh, more to come. He's got a movie that's supposed to come out next year with uh, Jim Caviezel, which everyone I'm sure is I very heard. familiar with his yes. portrayal of Jesus um, in The Passion of the Christ. So I'm looking forward to the movie. I, I forgot exactly. The Sound of Freedom. That's the name of the movie yes, coming out yes. next year. Yes. So uh, again, he, he was a... You know, he, he was the uh, speaker, of course, for Natural Womanhood. Natural Womanhood does some great and wonderful work bringing to light uh, the truths of the harm of artificial right. contraception. Right, right. You know, not the harm that it brings to the, you know, the women's bodies, but in, in society altogether. All, all so, yeah, amen, amen. So, again, if you want to support the work that Natural mm-hmm. Womanhood does, please visit their website at naturalwomanhood.org. Uh, and, of course, you know, this weekend is, I want to bring attention this weekend, Saturday and Sunday is open house weekend for the archdiocese's uh, Catholic high schools um, to to know which archdiocese Catholic uh, school or Catholic high school is closest to you. Go to the archdiocese's website at archsa.org. Uh, and if you do live here in the, uh, you know, in the city of San Antonio, uh, you can go to sacatholicschools.org to register and secure your open house spot. Um, so again, I think that would be, you know, something, something great. But, uh, well, you know, what's, what's going on? Uh, you know, yeah. what, what happened with you this weekend? Okay, Alex? Well, this weekend, uh, we went on a camping trip with my daughters to Palmetto State Park. It was amazing. And I'm sore as I'll get out, but <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be sore a little bit once in a while, right? It kind of makes you feel alive again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but we had a fantastic time and uh, we had a great time with some friends. And I had a, ha- I spent some time um, having a chat with one of my good um, former military uh, friend, Margaret oh, really? Ronali. Yes, uh-huh. she's an amazing um, individual. Um, her leadership um, ability and everything that she does outside of the military is um, just exemplifies what her her passion has has been and um, how she contributed to the military when yeah. she was in there. So that was amazing. Um, also, I just want to bring attention also to um, coming up this weekend on Saturday the 13th, um, Axe Missions will be hosting their 10th annual Axe Missions Gala at the UIW Rosenberg Sky Room. Um, cocktail hour will begin at 6 p.m. and the program starts at 7 p.m. The, there will be sponsorship opportunities available and uh, you can also purchase individual tickets. So if you would like to support Axe Missions and get your tickets to attend, please visit Axe Missions website at www.axemissions.org. And also the fourth degree Knights of Columbus 
invite all veterans from Holy Trinity Catholic Church to a veterans program featuring guest speaker uh, Brigadier General Richard Orson, U.S. Army retired. And um, the Little Flower Basilica, It's a, of course, it's a, a beautiful basilica we have here in San Antonio. Um, they're having um, a Basilica Christmas Market Bazaar. So if you're already thinking about um, making, uh, buying Christmas gifts, you got to make it to this bazaar. It's going to host a variety of vendors um, from greater San Antonio area and give shoppers the opportunity to see arts, crafts, and more. Plus, um, it's a special special day because they're also going to have Basilica Heritage Tours. Now, if you haven't heard about these tours and um, have, if, you have, if you're in town, have the ability to show up, um, you'll get to learn about the history of the Little Flower Basilica and the lives of some of the discussed Carmelite saints as depicted through the stained glass collection of the Basilica at the National Shrine of the Little Flower. Um, and uh, this will happen um, on November 20th. Again, November 20th, um, the bazaar starts from 9 to 3 p.m., 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and the tour starts at 1 p.m., and yours truly will be leading some of that tour. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, like a looking, great time. Yeah, it'll be an awesome time, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all there. No, that's awesome. So uh, this weekend, uh, of course, is another busy weekend uh, for, for me. Um, so... From starting at 8 o'clock uh, in the morning till 7 p.m. is the Converging Roads uh, you know, convention. It's, it's a medical convention mm-hmm. uh, that's put on, of course, by the St. John Paul II Foundation. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, it, what it's for, of course, is to really bring and highlight, um, uh, what's that, the medical, the, the highest degree of uh, ethics uh, yeah. in the medical profession and such. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, they've been, I think they do this actually every year. Uh, and this year it's going to be in person or online. Okay. So uh, this is Saturday, November 13th. Um, it's going to be right here uh, in San Antonio. Uh, for more information, if you're a medical professional out there and you want to learn more, there's going to be various presentations uh, you know, given by medical professionals and professors. So if you're a medical mm-hmm. professional, uh, you can go to convergingroads.com. Uh, and, and get more information on that or to register for that. Also going on this weekend is my own personal axe retreat reunion. So to my brother, my, my brothers in Christ out there, my axe brothers, you know, tuning in, I can't wait to see you. It's been such an amazing uh, journey. Just a couple of weeks removed from our, our retreat. I'm ready to, you know, to, to, to reunite with you guys uh, over there um, and, and really share uh, what the, what the you know the impact has been for me? I think uh, there's been quite a few people um, that I've spoken to, and I mm-hmm. just I I just have to keep telling the you know my experience. You know, yes, it's, it's yes. been a wonderful experience, of course. And of course, last but not least, on Saturday um, is going to be the Axe Missions Gala. Okay, okay. so I believe yes, this is going to yes. be their their tenth annual uh, gala. Uh, for acts and missions. It's going to be a wonderful event. We're going to raise, uh, raise money. It's a benefit dinner, gala style event, uh, to, to raise money for the, uh, acts and missions, uh, of course. And I think you were discussing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to have the table out there. I'm going to be in attendance out there with my wife and Richard and Julia also. Uh, real excited. Yeah. I'm super excited to, to, to be out there. So. You know, with uh, with that, you know, kind of set up the day for us, uh, you know, re- yes. regarding what we're going to be talking about today, Alex. Yeah, today is, is a very um, 
special episode. And I'm glad you're tuning in, folks, because uh, with Veterans Day just days away, November 11th, we wanted to highlight the military community and welcome one of our local military chaplains to the program, Father Nicholas Reed, also a captain and chaplain in the U.S. Air Force, uh, will, are, will be joining us today in a few minutes to talk about his experience ministering to the many men and women serving at Joint Base San Antonio. So listen out, people. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Of course, you know, being a veteran myself, I spent, goodness, just under nine years active duty Air Force. Um, and of course, in that time, you know, there were many deployments, yes. many times away from, from my, my, my family, my son and, and such, um, going overseas. I joke about it, right? And uh, of course, what I'm talking about, you know, being in the military and, and whatnot, you know, my, my recruiter said that he's going to, you know, I'm going to get to see the world, right? Mm-hmm. All I saw was the sandbox, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, just the joke, all right, to all my recruiter friends out there, you know, tuning in. I mean, it's not a knock on you. It's just a joke, all right? Uh, but yes, so there were several, um, you know, chaplains that, that played a, an important role on, on yes. my journey uh, uh-huh. back to the Catholic Church. In fact, I was just sharing before we, you know, started uh, the, the program that my walk back to the Catholic faith actually began during a deployment, okay? So, of course, as we were, you know, building up for, you know, you know, the 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 war on on terrorism uh, there in two thousand after two thousand and one you know after nine eleven um, I I went up to you know to one of the northern states up there for airbridge operations and such and there was a very devout Catholic man a very devout non Catholic man and of course their interactions and such yes. just were so interesting that it compelled you know I, I felt compelled to to learn more and such Beautiful. so during my during my journey of course. Um, during those deployments, you know, you, you just, you, you've, I found myself wanting to first and foremost find out where the chapel was. And mm-hmm. then second of all, you know, find out who my chaplain was because they're the ones who are going to be ministering to you. They're the yes. ones who are going to be offering you the sacraments. And of course, when you're away from family, there's some low times that you can feel. So for me, the deployments, they weren't very long, um, re- you know, in, yeah in comparison to today's standards. So after 9-11, everything changed, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and the deployments, they just became very lengthy and still remain uh, very lengthy, okay? Yeah. So at that time, this was 2001, like I said. So deployments at, you know, at most, they were probably, you know, four or five months or, or whatever the mm-hmm. case is, uh, you know, with that. But we're about to go to a break, okay? Yeah. So well, thank you for I'll, your service, Sean. Thank you so very much. When we come back, we're going to have this great conversation uh, with... Father Nicholas Reed, Captain, U.S. Air Force and the Chaplain Service. We'll catch you in, you know, here shortly. There you go. So it's a two-minute break. The University of Dallas presents... What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest, airing November 15th at 4.30 p.m. Central on EWTN. Visit quest.udallas.edu. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. 
One word of advice that we hear from couples with great marriages is to make a regular date night a priority. Spending dedicated time alone with your spouse is an essential foundation for a vibrant marriage. Date night's a time for busy couples to look at each other and say, I remember you. We know making time for each other can be hard, especially when there are children around, but that's actually when it's most important. Never allow your children or busy schedules to become an excuse for not prioritizing your marriage. When we had young children, sometimes on a Friday night, one of us would put the kids to bed and the other would set up the living room with candles and flowers and fun food. Or we would ask friends to watch our kids and we would do the same for them. Or we would get up early and spend an hour or so alone before the children woke up. There are many ways that you can carve out time to focus on your relationship, but you have to be intentional. For more information about our next virtual date night, join our newsletter at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And welcome back, folks. This is Sean Rice, your host for In His Vineyard. Thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, before we went to break, I was talking about, of course, my experience, my personal experience with the chaplain service and the chaplains uh, that had been in my life. And as I was saying before we went to break, uh, chaplains, they do wonderful and good and holy work. I consider it almost a call within the call. You know, so again, I, I'm ex- I'm so excited to to bring on our guest today, uh, Father Nicholas Reed, Captain U.S. Air Force. Um, welcome, Captain Reed and Father, for uh, joining us today. I know you're a busy man, so thanks for joining us today. How are you? Uh, very well, uh, Sean and Alex Gay. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Very happy to be here. Excellent. So um, I don't want to steal any of your thunder, uh, of course. I know you've got quite the, the bio here. Uh, why don't you just start by introducing yourself to our listeners? Uh, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, your journey into, of, of course, the priesthood, but also not just into the priesthood, but your call to serve the men and women in our armed services. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak. I, I was raised in a Catholic household in mostly outside of uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri and Southern Missouri. And so I was raised in an army family. My uh, dad served 28 years, retired United States cool. yeah, Army. <laughs> and uh, I have a, a twin brother who went to the Air Force Academy right out of high school. Awesome. And so I, I eventually followed in his footsteps and converted to the Air Force. Uh, <laughs> so it was normal growing up in an army community to see uh, all sorts of jobs in camouflage. Yeah. And so right. doctors, nurses, all, all sorts of things, engineer school there, a military police school there, a chemical school there at Fort Leonard Wood. And so we also saw lots and lots of chaplains and mm-hmm. priests and reverends in uniform. And so I was inspired at a young age to not only consider the priesthood, but to consider the priesthood in uniform. And so that really appealed to me at a young age. I, I ran into a priest who was uh, airborne qualified 
and he was a retired 06 now yeah. and just really inspired me to consider not just the priesthood but what that might look like if i continued to serve in uniform and what age uh, would you say you you were when you were were feeling that that call father great question so the short answer is i received a vocation to the priesthood inspired i, I believe by the holy spirit at about sixth grade so wow, wow. yeah i was at a methodist church camp and uh, just the Lord put into my heart at a very tender age, the, the idea of serving him as a priest. And it took me longer than I would care to admit to grow up to that call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm but uh, beautiful. Yeah. That is a beautiful testimony. Thank you. So, you know, with that, uh, you know, with your call, uh, of course, to the priesthood, um, what was the, what was the environment that, in the, in the house, would you say? I mean, of course, you grew up in a military household. Did they have aspirations for you to maybe just do active duty in, in some way, shape, or form, but weren't really uh, considering the, the, the vocation to the priest, you know, the priesthood? Well, uh, for uh, what I gather now as a grown-up in my household, they, they stress the importance of doing your best in school. Yeah. And so academics weren't optional. Uh, they... Uh, my, both my parents were very interested in us growing intellectually. And so the expectation to go to college or continue to grow after high school uh, was always there. And uh, once I started really focusing in on a vocation to the priesthood, it then became, well, what, what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, because being raised in a military family, I went to mass on base. I didn't even know what diocese I lived in. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So I, actually, I was a, a junior going into my senior year of high school, and my brother was applying to the Air Force Academy, and my parents sort of looked at me and said, you know, you're not staying here. What are you going to do? <laughs> so I said, well, I really I want to be a priest. That thought hasn't gone away. And so I called the Diocese of Jefferson City, and I asked, how, how do I become a priest? Because I, I didn't know what diocese I was in even, so... No, that's great. Yeah, so you started the the path to the the priesthood, um, and then how did that transition into military chaplaincy? Like, how how does that come about? That's a great question, Alex K. So, in the United States, the Archdiocese for the Military Services covers all active duty service members, their dependents, and all deployed members and civilian personnel overseas. So, it's not a geographical area. So, there's no one incarnated into right. the archdiocese for the military services outside of the archbishop and auxiliary bishop. So mm -hmm. every priest is on loan. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my undergraduate years were focused solely on just growing my philo philosophy skills, which yeah. was a full-time job. <laughs> and, yeah. and then just learning and uh, growing as a Catholic and a young man. And it's not until graduate school that you can really start entertaining uh, co-sponsorship with the Archdiocese for the Military Services, which is a, an opportunity for young men who were in theology, so the last four years of seminary, to experience life in uniform over the summer. Mm. Uh, Air Force, Army, Navy, whatever that looks like for them. So it's like a trial period, I guess? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And it allowed me, at this point, I was actually in the Army Reserves, which is a whole other episode, but I spent <laughs> six and a half years in the Army Reserves. And in, in defense of, of the Army, it was, I, I feel in respect, not a great fit in the Reserves. Sure. So, sure. Um, so that led me to to consider what, what it would look like to be a chaplain and then down the road in the Air Force. You know, uh, when, when you mentioned, of course, you know, now that you're a chaplain, right, uh, what's the your biggest responsibility obviously as a priest your job or your vocation is to spread jesus you know through the sacraments to offer you know to, to to offer the sacraments to celebrate and um you know bring us jesus in the holy sacrifice of the mass how is that different 
in in act on on active duty. How is that different from you know what we you know what priests do you know outside the gates of the base? Let's say absolutely. So priests always and everywhere have care of souls, and I, I just love that phrase because yeah. it it sets the relationship. It's like, do you or do you not care for souls? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. every priest, regardless of the job, working in the chancery or praying on a mountaintop or working in a parish care of souls, you know, the, the idea that you're there to provide our Lord in his love and his mercy. The biggest difference in military in uniform is the access you have to your units. Mm-hmm. So for instance, uh, I, I right now I'm at basic military training. And so if I'm not in my squadrons talking to trainees yeah. or touching base with uh, military training instructors who are, tasked with raising up airmen, yeah. people will ask where the chaplain is. Like, why, yeah. why is this chaplain not around? Yeah. But if you would think for a minute in your local civilian parish, what it would be like for the priest to walk through Walmart and just touch base with the cashier saying, hey, how's it going? Yeah. How was the soccer game? And then go to the management in the back and the person stocking the shelves saying, hey, what's going on? People would eventually wonder what this guy's about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. But, but in the military, they not only... Uh, expect to see you there, they will hold you accountable if you're yeah. not taking care of your troops. Wow. You it, know, and that's a very interesting concept. I mean, I imagine if we did more of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here yeah. in civilian life, right? Right. So it, it brings up a question in my head. Um, so, you know, the the shepherding and the ministering, like what you were talking about before, how does that differ? Because I know like here in in the outside of the military you have a lot of responsibilities like the the administration of the church and you know things like that and then um you know you you minister people by appointment and you you know you deal with all kinds of different issues um when you're one on one with your parishioners when you're in the military and you're in these life and death situations you have all these um you're, they're separated from their families you know they they're going through maybe crisis or mental health issues um how how does that ministering part um, differ from the civilian? Um, the the heart to heart I can imagine is different. Mm, yeah, so the ministry as a whole skews younger, which you would expect in in uniform. Uh, and right now, because it's basic military training, I deal with eighteen to twenty two year olds. Oh, we'll have okay. some that are much older than that, but by and large, I'm. I'm sitting down every day and talking with people who are 18 or yeah. some had just yeah. turned 18. Yeah. Wow. And so their conversations as they grow, some of them, uh, I would say maybe 15 to 20% are Catholic, but many are not Catholic. Sure. Many have no faith background. As right. They just tr- encounter uh, setbacks and frustrations mm-hmm. and even loss of, of family members separated from yeah. them back home. Uh, the, the, uh, the encounters are, so the job is always the same, right? Yeah. How, what does this person need from me in order to encounter Christ? Or how do I not get in the way of this person's encounter with Christ? Um, But it is different in the military because you're dealing with folks who by and large have have left home Uh uh, and who are embarking on a journey. Uh, So they're putting together and asking questions of who they are without the structures that they would have if they uh, maybe stayed home to go to school or uh, were getting jobs in and around, you know, high school classmates close by. No, that's, wow, that's you know, very yeah, that is, uh, that is really great. Uh, and in fact, I was going to ask as a chaplain, of course, it's not, you have, there are chaplains. Well, this is from my own personal experience. You have chaplains that are not Catholic. 
you know, you happen to be a, a Catholic chaplain, but like you said, the mission is to serve the men and women, um, their spiritual needs. So like you said, you'd be talking to maybe, uh, ministering to, to BMTers, um, who are not of the Catholic faith or so. But I remember being in BMT and I remember, you know, oh my goodness, especially after zero week or after that first week, you know, it's like a shock to your system. You know, going through the basic training process, uh, it, it's a shock to your system when you first get there. So you got all sorts of things going on in your mind, but you always had Sunday to look forward to mm-hmm. because that always seemed to be the day where you can go to church, um, you can go to, to mass, you could go to any other religious service, but that was kind of like your time out, you know? So um, how does that make you feel to be able to be kind of like that, that, that person of relief that, you know, a person that someone could just open up to you and just kind of take that weight off their shoulders. I mean, how does that, how does that make you feel? Well, it's transformed Sundays for me since I moved over to basic military training because the, the congregation, if you can imagine, we're doing some renovations to the chapel. I won't belabor the point, but I'm now offering mass at Bob Hope theater. Yeah. So it seats about a thousand people, COVID restrictions. We have it at about a 50% capacity. So I, we offer a few masses on Sunday morning. So it's not the typical worship environment. I I, I would, I would say, but the, the look on the faces of the congregation and their desire to receive the Lord, to hear music, to pray, uh, God willing to 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 learn something from a sermon every once in a while. Yeah, uh, all of those things are are just wonderful experiences for me. Uh, right. beca- because my my job has elements to it that aren't as life affirming. I have the administrative right. responsibilities and just the grown up work, the adulting that we're all asked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so when I'm able to wear black. Yeah. And, and offer the mass. It, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, well, I, I just love how you say that. Uh, again, I told you earlier and I told you when we were setting this up that um, my own personal experiences with the chaplains in, in my life were, were profound. Okay, so military deployments, like I said, I would go find the chapel. I'd find the chaplain um, as well. Some of those, um, I mean, to be able to just sit and talk and kind of forget about, you know, some of the you know problems that are going on. Um, so I relate that to, again, my experience as a BM tier. I mean, there were so many times where uh, you'd have a, a, a fellow trainee struggling with physical fitness. You'd have, you know, a trainee, fellow trainee struggling with, um, you know, he'd get letters from, he or she would get letters from home. And because problems still occur, people still live their lives. And now in, in your case here, ministering to those uh, who are in basic military training, um, they had the added stress of needing to complete this training because in most more, more cases than not, I mean, this is their job. This is what they chose to do. This is what they, they want to do. Um, so to not be able to complete mm-hmm. basic military training, wow. to deal with, you know, the problems at home. Yeah. I mean, you fulfill a, a very important role, you know, a, as a chaplain. And I wanted to ask you, uh, because I know that you have deployed also, and we're going to get into that in, in just a little bit. Um, but, there's the the history of the chaplaincy um you know in in the US especially uh you know goes back you know for for years and years and years i was reading also about you know upon uh, a couple of our, a couple other of your you know brother chaplains um who have since now passed i think uh, father uh, capadona i believe um father emil capon i mean chaplains are 
are very much on the front lines in a lot of in a lot of cases. Um, so your military deployment, could you tell us where what that where that was and what that experience was like for our listeners? Yes, uh, absolutely. Thank you for uh, asking that question. Um, you know, I've believed for a very long time, and this is one of the reasons I, I feel compelled to continue to serve as a chaplain, is that if our country is going to ask young men and women, moms and dads, sisters and brothers, to leave home to serve their country, that we owe them access to the sacraments. Mm. And as so, so long as I'm a priest in good health and able to deploy, uh, I, wow. I'm very privileged to be able to do that. So I served in the spring of 2017 at Ali Asalim Air Base in, in Kuwait. So it's a little bit outside Kuwait City. So I had the opportunity to, to live there for six and a half months or so to serve the air base wing there. It was a safe, secure deployment. It was not a combat deployment. I, I do want to be clear about that. Yeah. So, but because I was at times the only Air Force Catholic priest in Kuwait, certainly, and uh, which is a, a country that is not a Catholic country, right. <laughs> needless to yeah. say. So I, right. I had the opportunity to leave the gate a couple of times a week to serve the civilian population of, really? of Americans and then also to serve another Air Force base. And so uh, it brought me... Uh, into contact with all sorts of folks from all over the world who were either working in Kuwait or deployed with their home nations, so Canadians, uh, Poles, Italians. And it was just an amazing opportunity to uh, learn a lot more about the Air Force. I had only been in for two years when okay. I deployed. So I learned a lot about the mission sure. uh, and uh, and what it meant to uh, to put in work in and I have to say, very warm conditions. Now, we're <laughs> you don't say. You live warmer than here. <laughs> yeah. So living in so my last assignment was in Alaska. So San Antonio feels extremely warm, but when you compare it to the last day in Kuwait, it was 126 yeah. degrees. Ooh. So Ouch. you can picture me just trying to find the shade for about six months. <laughs> that, was, that was a fair amount of my deployment. You know, you, you mentioned that, and, and of course, um, I've spent some time in Al Dafra, the UAE. Mm, yep. Uh, I've also spent time at uh, in Qatar, okay? And when I mention Qatar, of course, this was before the big hub it's become now. Mm-hmm. So I considered it, it was almost like watching an episode of MASH. You know, it was Tent City, you know, and, and it was, it was of course, dusty and hot, but yeah. Qatar had to be the hottest place I've ever been. And when I tell people, you know, 126 degrees and, and such, we're talking about ambient air temperature, you know, I mean, we're not even talking about the heat from the flight line, heat from equipment running and anything Ooh. else like that. So it got hot. Uh, so, again, to be able to break away uh, from time to time and get over to the chapel, it was nice and air conditioned. Oh, yeah. yeah, we, we loved it. Uh, I love being able to, you know, to serve also um, the, the priests uh, that, that were there and assist in the celebration of, of mass. And uh, my experience, of course, with that was with the small Catholic community the Catholic community anyway is is relatively small you know in a um in a military environment okay yeah. and then imagine being deployed i mean you just become like this yeah. th- this brotherhood you know uh, of of catholic faithful mm-hmm. you'd see the same uh, the same faces you know going to to mass you get together you talk about you know the the faith and of course you had father you know guiding along and you really had access to father, you know, so it was, it was amazing. It was a very enriching time for me. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, you know, I, I it brings me to a question. Um, so, you know, you've dealt with all kinds of people from all kinds of countries, right, with when you were deployed. And, um, and it's, I, I think it's very, it speaks a lot to, you know, the, uh, your ability to 
connect with others. And are there is there any example of an encounter with an individual without, of course, naming you know mm-hmm. names or anything like that 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 kind of stuck with you? Yes, fortunately, uh, I I describe that my job as a chaplain is a a lot of touch and goes in people's lives. Yeah. So that's a term in the okay. Air Force when a pilot is working on takeoff and landing. So okay. a touch and go is landing on the on the airstrip and then getting right back up and then circling around and doing it again. So it's a yeah. proficiency in that very uh, mission critical element of flying. So gotcha. uh, I do that a lot in people's lives. And, yeah. and it can be a beautiful thing to even just for 30 minutes or a moment or even less time to be able to, uh, through God's providence, impact yeah. someone's life. Um, one of the most beautiful experiences I had actually was in Kuwait. Um, the priest that I was taking over for was walking me through the weekend schedule. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so we've got a Saturday night mass and we we're going to this base on Sunday and that base on Sunday. So all of it totally made sense. And then he said, and there's also another Saturday night mass uh, by the cafeteria. I thought to myself, what on earth? <laughs> First of all, no one wants to hear the phrase another Saturday night mass. <laughs> I, ho- I hope I'm not betraying too much, but you know, it's like, really, what's going on here? And so we walked over to the dining facility, the yeah. DFAC, and next to it is what's called the Dewana room. And that in that culture is kind of a sitting room. And it was where they had VIP uh, meals and that sort of thing. So if they had guests over to the base and they didn't want to hear all of the airmen eating wings <laughs> they had a, a room off to the side where they could speak privately and so i was like well what what are we doing here this doesn't make any sense i've never been in this room eating before it, well sure enough uh the uh workers in the cafeteria many of them were from india yeah and uh they were catholic and they had no access to the mass. Wow. And so they would work, if there was 30 days in the month, they would work 29 days, 12 to 16 hours. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. So after the first mass, you know, some of them, maybe just a, maybe there would be a handful, maybe up to 10. Some of them would just sit and sleep during the mass. And it was very informal. And, um, and I spoke with one of the guys who spoke English the best, and I said, well, I know that not everyone speaks English, but could we do Latin, or could I learn the Our Father in, in your language? And he said, oh, Father, we don't even speak each other's languages. Wow. So they're from wow. all over India, yeah. but the look on their faces when they receive communion Amen. put me to shame. Yeah. And I said, oh, Lord, give me that love. Yeah. You know, that tra- you transcended language right. uh, and a background you know, yeah, and wow. it was just so, so that alone would be the worth, the, the price of the ticket halfway across the world. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, just to hear Beautiful that, um, I'm just picturing this happen, you know, going on. And like you're saying, you've got everyone who speaks different languages and such, but the mass and yeah. Christ in the Eucharist unites all. All of us. Yes. Oh, man, I got goosebumps just talking about that yeah, stuff. So. God like, is so good. Yeah, amen. Yes. Amen. So, of course, uh, you've now, how long have you been in the chaplaincy? How long has that been? Yeah, so a little over six years. Six years. Okay. So, in, in this, how uh, you may have talked about it earlier, but the process in becoming a chaplain, what's that like? If there's a young man out there, if there's a parent listening, tuning in right now, um, and they feel like maybe their, their son, you know, may have a call to, to the chaplaincy, what is that? What's that process like? Yeah, absolutely. So there's really two questions for any young man to consider. One is, is God calling me to serve him as a priest? And the second is, what, what might that look like? Yeah. And I think that we're all from a parish. So that's one 
beautiful model of what priesthood is. And it could be that you had Franciscans, especially in San Antonio, or religious priests, and they have their, their own charism. And then uh, within the military, it's also a charism in its own because it is, it is a very different lifestyle. And so, uh, you know, you are removed from much of the standard yeah. uh, elements of ministry. So those two questions, I think, Amen. Well, hit it on the head. That music means we're going to take another break. Hate to cut you off, Father. Uh, we will be right back. You're tuning in to In His Vineyard on your local Guadalupe Radio Network, South and Central Texas station. We'll be right back. You know, this is your Catholic radio station, and we'd like to make it even better for you. Your feedback is really important to us. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, and look for the button labeled 60-second radio survey. It only takes a minute to fill out and send it to us. Again, go to our website, grnonline.com, and look for the button labeled 60-second radio survey. We'd really appreciate it. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the church criticized for defending celibacy? What about for defending marriage? Have you ever heard it accused of showing contempt for women, but also sneered at because only women go there? Have you ever heard it attacked for asceticism, but also for extravagance? How about for being dull? How about for being too garish? How about for being too worldly? or too unworldly, or insisting that people confess their sins, or showing too much mercy to sinners. Notice any contradiction among the critics? G.K. Chesterton says, here's a broad and simple test. If you hear a thing being accused of being too tall and too short, too red and too green, too bad in one way, and too bad also in the opposite way, then you may be sure that it is very good. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. And welcome back, folks. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to In His Vineyard. I'm your host, Sean Rice. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Having a great conversation today with Father Nicholas Reed, captain in the U.S. Air Force and chaplain uh, in the military services. Um, and it's been great. You know, talking to him has uh, has allowed me to kind of relive some of my my time uh, on active duty. Again, we want to um, bring, uh, you know, highlight, of course, the men and women in our military services. Uh, we want to highlight, of course, those in the chaplain service that are ministering to these men and women uh, who are answering the nation's call to serve. Of course, we've got Veterans Day uh, coming up on the 11th. Mm-hmm. I believe that's Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Is that 
Mm. <laughs> I'd have to look in at three that. days. Yeah, okay. All right, <laughs> so, good. I promise, yeah. folks, I'll get better at this. Okay, <laughs> but again, we're going to continue the conversation with uh, with Father uh, Father Reed here. Uh, mm-hmm. He was telling us, uh, of course, about some of the experiences that you know he's had um, in in basic military training, serving the the different uh, men and women of different uh, faiths. Uh, of course, we he's told us, and you know. Uh, about the call and when he received that call. So we're going to continue on uh, with that conversation. Yeah. And so, okay, so I'm the uninitiated in, in the military <laughs> here. I have no experience um, with, with it other than, you know, these wonderful people that I know, like you, yourself, Father, and, and Sean. Um, so uh, can you please um, explain to me what a typical day in the life of a military chaplain looks like? Yes, absolutely. So to the extent that there is a typical day, I I can kind of run you through what it looks like for me at at basic military training. And so uh, I either uh, get PT done, so physical training, so think working out, uh, get done pretty early in the morning. So I'm in the office by by eight. Sometimes if if I do PT with my uh, squadron, then that could be as early as six o'clock after their 545 wake up. And, and then by then, I have two squadrons that I deal with. There are eight uh, basic military training squadrons. Mm-hmm. And so each have in the neighborhood of 600 trainees. And so yeah. wow. I have uh, anywhere from 1,000 to 1,200 uh, trainees at any given time. Wow. Uh, and so I have time blocked out uh, each day for counselings with mm-hmm. them. Uh, and it, it can be any number of things that someone would talk about. Chaplains in the in the military are the only individuals that offer 100% confidential. Yeah, counseling. I remember that. And so it is, uh, it, Catholics can think of it like the seal of the confessional. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, and I think the military's done a wonderful job offering other mental health resources um, that are 99% confidential, but there are mandatory reporters for certain issues. Um, think uh, self-harm. Yeah. And so the chaplain is often, uh, just an individual that is 100% trustworthy. Um, we are listening professionals right. in an environment, you know, it's, yes. the world doesn't do a good job listening. It just doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and so chaplains are, are in the room in order to help facilitate processing and listening. And then, of course, spiritual care mm-hmm. as well. And so uh, much of my day is spent doing that. Wow, because right. I'm the only Catholic priest on the BMT side, I spend a lot of my lunch hours uh, going to other squadrons to hear confessions. And so I block out that time for uh, Catholic specific counseling, yeah. and uh, and it's it's great, um, yeah, for that. And that's so most of my day is spent doing that, checking in with our military training instructors, yeah. MTIs, yeah. Uh, how they're doing, things like that, yeah. t- touching base with the bosses, that sort of thing. That's great. Yeah. No, that, that is that is great. And in fact, you know, when you say that, uh, I didn't, I wasn't practicing my Catholic faith. Um, of course, you know, when I was in basic military training, you know, and I was sharing the experience with you, um, you know, earlier that it was on a deployment that, you know, I, mm-hmm. I journeyed back, mm-hmm. uh, of course. Now, and when you talk about, you know, being um, a chaplain on base, I got to think and say that, you know, it is a, a true privilege um, that our country offers that first and foremost, that to be able to serve, to be able to have that freedom of religion. Um, and of course, you know, the, the military, um, installations offering, you know, this, this to the, to the young troops. Cause like you said, uh, earlier, these are young men and women, 18, 20 years old, 18 to 20, 18 to 21 is usually the, the age group that you find. They're home, you know, they're yeah. away from home for the first time and to be able to, 
to be there for them. You know, it, it really is um, amazing. I would ask you, uh, with everything that's transpired in this past year, let's say with COVID and such, um, what has been your experience with the trainees, um, you know, on, on base or so? Uh, has it been, has, has it been easy to deal with? I mean, I can't, I, I can't see why the answer would be, you know, yes, I know it's been difficult for everybody, but what's it been like that you've seen and experienced with the trainees and maybe the, the other, uh, military members on, on the installation? You know, what's it been like in this past year, uh, with access to the sacraments, the celebration of, of mass? Cause like you said earlier, uh, they've cut down, um, you know, the, I, I guess the, oh, the capacity, capacity. yeah, capacity, things like that. Well, I, I can't imagine anyone has been able to navigate the last 18 to 20 months without it being difficult. Right. I know that's from school issues to work issues and just the, the, the really catastrophic nature that everyone has experienced on one level yeah. or another of trauma, uh, just dealing with COVID. And so, you know, the, the military has a mission uh, to continue uh, in, in basic military training is, is training airmen to then go on to tech school to then enter the Air Force for their first duty assignment, well trained and equipped and adjusted, uh, able to, to to carry the flag. And so yeah. uh, basic military training just doesn't stop. And so there's a lot of uh, we take very seriously the, the health of our trainees that come in yeah. and uh, we uh, do everything that we can to uh, to get them set up for success down the road. Um, you know, for me personally, I'm a communicator i i i'm a face reader and so i've just found generally speaking masks to be very difficult to navigate sure. in the time of covid mm-hmm. so yeah. i've done a lot more looking people in the eyes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah true and, yeah but 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 thankfully you know so one of the things we did is that if um i've done more counselings outside you know if, if they're in restriction of movement and that sort of thing and so the the one i'm very proud of how the chaplain corps has adjusted to continue caring for airmen mm-hmm. and and providing the sacraments and and so not not ceasing the just the care of souls that I talked about earlier. It might not look like what it did three years ago, right? right but we're still getting the job done, thankfully. Right now, in the you know archdiocese of the military services, uh, which is uh, w- what runs or the, that's the diocese of all active duty chaplains and such, Correct. right? Okay, how many uh, how many chaplains? Are there, would you say, uh, in, in service right now? We have about 60 on active duty in the Air Force. 60 active duty chaplains. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, I would say, uh, with the shortage of, of priests anyway, you know, within the church itself, mm-hmm. um, do you see that number in the chaplain service going up or going down? I mean, are, are you seeing any trends in, in that regard? I, I see it. Uh, Holding steady is, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not in the recruiting field right now, but I, you know, keep, keep an eye on the numbers. Is, as good as the next guy, uh, but you know, yeah. it's sort of like priests are like garlic and incense. You yeah, know, you just can't. You, you always need more, <laughs> right? And so, uh, we're definitely working hard to get to get the word out because I know that the Lord is calling uh, young men and, and people who are already priests to to consider the vocation in the military. Amen. And you know, I got to tell you, it's it's such a joy to to have you here, Father. Um, in your experience, of course, uh, in the chaplaincy um, and such. I know Alex asked you earlier about a particular time or experience, um, you know, that, that kind of hit you. And you, you were saying, you know, you were talking about your experience with um, being in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, is there anything, you know, stateside, are there assignments and such? Because you don't really get a, a, 
to dictate where you go. It's like anything else. You, you get orders. You can come and go every one, every two years, or any mm-hmm. you know, any places like that. Are there places or so that you would like to to minister to, or any places that you'd like to go to? Um, you know, here in the states that that you have on your wish list uh, where you'd like to go serve also. Right. So there. They do call it a wish list and yeah. not a I'm going to go there list. <laughs> so I, I feel uniquely blessed right now. So I had uh, in the last year or so uh, family members relocate to San Antonio. And so I am as, wow, close, really? to fa- yeah, I'm as close to family now is since I left to join uh, the military six years ago. And so it, it's just wonderful uh, to be here in San Antonio. It's my first time living in the city. Yeah. yeah. So I spent last year at at Brook Army Medical Center, and then this year over at Lackland Air Force Base. So right now, I'm just focused on uh, sticking around here. Hey, man! Well, Absolutely. we'd love to yeah, to awesome. consider, you know to to see more of you. Uh, and one last question: um, uh, I know this was a question that uh, was posed, of course, by our uh, GRN Executive Director, um, you know, Richard Reyna. Um, he, of course, it, you know, he attends the uh, traditional Latin uh, form of the mass uh, there at St. Timothy's. Yes. Okay. And f- what, what I've been told, of course, is that from time to time, uh, you've been known to celebrate the traditional uh, Latin mass uh, out there. So for our listeners, uh, you know, who may not be familiar with the uh, tradition and traditional Latin mass, can you share with us a little bit uh, about it and maybe even invite them to attend? Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I serve uh, with Father Juan Carlos Tejada and very, uh, he generously offers me the opportunity to cover for him uh, when my schedule allows. And so I got into the Latin mass during the COVID period, actually. So I had been dragging my feet for a long time in in learning the Latin mass. And I found myself like so many others, just sitting at home. Yeah. Uh, We were all discovering what zoom is. Maybe, maybe (laughs) you guys had a handle on the electronics better than Uh, most people. (laughs) So, and so in that time where we were trying to figure out what it would look like uh, to, to, when I asked the question, okay, well, if I'm going to be stuck at home, what am I going to be doing? And I brought out this Latin mass kit that I had ordered 10 years prior. And I said, well, I finally have the time now to learn the mass. And so yeah. I got YouTube up in one corner and then this, this Latin mass kit you know, on the dining room table and I said, all right, let's just figure this out. And my, wow. my first low mass wow. took 90 oh. minutes to say. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that only my guardian angel had to sit through it <laughs> as I kept rewinding on YouTube. Well, what do I do now? And so, Amen. But I, I just fell in love with the ritual yeah. and uh, the opportunity to, to be a part of, uh, to experience that connection. Well, I, I know uh, they're excited to have you out there yes. also. And again, uh, to, to attend or learn more about the traditional Latin Mass, the Latin Mass uh, you know, is celebrated uh, at St. Timothy Catholic Church at at 1515 Saltillo Street in San Antonio. That's 78207. Uh, and Father Juan Carlos, as you mentioned, uh, is the pastor and celebrant uh, for, for most of those times. And uh, I think currently right now, uh, Mass for the traditional form, uh, the extraordinary form is at 2 p.m. Um, but, you know, Father, we're, we're about to come up on, on, on our time here. Uh, before you leave, uh, would you please impart, um, you know, God's blessing upon us? Yes, absolutely. Thank you again so much for having me. May the blessing of Almighty God descend upon you and remain forever. May he bless you. May you see him always at work in the world. May you be his hands and feet in a world that needs his love and his mercy so much. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Father, for uh, (laughs) being here today. Uh, Alex. 
I, I mean, I, I'm I'm at a loss for words, I right? I know, I know. It's like <laughs> you just got to take it all in now. <laughs> you, you do. You know what a great discussion to be able to talk and and highlight, of course, the men and women uh, in our military to yes. highlight the men and uh, the men, uh, of course, uh, that minister to them in the you know as priests uh, within the the chaplaincy, uh, of course. So again, folks. Uh, Thursday, Veterans Day, uh, you know, please. Uh, we also have a, a announcement that came in. Uh, honor a hero one wreath at a time at Fort Sam National Cemetery. The Wreaths Across America is a program of honor, respect, and dignity. And we are thankful that you want to be a part of this amazing program. Uh, so, you can uh, donate, you can give, um, and call, uh, of course, uh, contact Melissa Murray uh, for Wreaths Across America. You can email her at Melissa Murray at MYSTR2004 at gmail.com. Uh, and again, thank you for, for spending the, the time with us. It's been great. Um, yes. What do you got going on this week, Alex? Oh, this week? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, um, we got, of course, family stuff. We got, okay, I hope the kids aren't listening, but <laughs> we got to start thinking about Christmas presents. Wow. <laughs> got a Christmas trip and, you know, see what we're going to do around, um, you know, Christmas time and how we can spend it with the family. Of course, uh, praise the, the, the Lord's birth yeah. and um, um, and how we're going to celebrate that and kind of integrate it into our lives. So that's... Um, that's that's on the horizon right now. Amen yeah. to that. And of course, uh, like I said, this weekend we've got uh, Axe Missions Gala. So if you haven't got your ticket just yet, go to axemissions.org to get your ticket. Uh, uh-huh. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. And throughout this week, please continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts in his vineyard. God bless you. God bless you. Did you hear the news? 19 babies were saved from abortion in San Antonio during the fall 40 Days for Life campaign. Your prayers do make a difference. And now, let's keep the momentum going. San Antonio is a 40 Days for Life 365 location. This means we continue to stand and pray every hour Planned Parenthood is open. So keep up the good work and sign up for your hour to pray. 40daysforlife.com slash San Antonio. See you out there. The University of Dallas presents What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest, airing November 15th at 4.30 p.m. Central on EWTN. Visit quest.udallas.edu. Are you aware that the devil has a plan for your marriage just as God does? He has no desire for the success of your marriage. He doesn't want the two of you to help each other get to heaven. But instead, he instigates each of you to lead the other straight to hell through self-centeredness, materialism, and apathy. Jeremiah gives us God's plan, saying, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. You have a choice of whose plan you will follow. One brings misery, pain, and eternal damnation. The other, well, it's called the sacrament of matrimony, and it comes with a golden treasure chest full of grace. 
Call on the grace of your sacrament. It's all you need to have a future of hope in this life and in the next. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Streaming to the world at grnonline.com and on your FM dial at 89.7, we're KJMA, Floresville, San Antonio. All Catholic, all the time.